Now and Again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. That is cageclub.me. We play this song on the radio. We play this song on the radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Now and Again, Volume 17. It is November of 2004, and... We're still uh, a podcast about mixtapes and memories, even though we don't remember very much about the songs on this compilation. With me today, my uh, my friend from way back then and even before, Nico Vasillo. Nico, how are you? Hey, guys. It feels great to be uh, here as always. Uh, and by here, I am literally almost always in a different place when I record this. So here is a state of mind. That state of mind is with you guys. And this now sucks. <laughs> So in between, like, us just talking about whatever we want, we're going to touch on a few of these 20 songs. Uh, and, you know, people last week were like, uh, you, know, the, you said you spent 10 minutes talking about the format change, but, like, you just did the same thing. Well, we were prepping you for this. We were laying the seeds. We were putting in those uh, the files for a bigger patch update. And this is it. We are flying through this fucking track list because what's the point? I need to take a second because I have spent a number of years moonlighting as a teacher. I by no means yeah. think I am genuinely a teacher. I am I am also actively leaving the industry. Um, oh, you are so, a teacher. Stop it. Oh, my God. I hate it so much. So, um, But I totally respect that, uh, you know, many people teach because it's still important to inspire and educate um, while you're waiting for your writing to work. Then there are people who need to find something else to do while they're waiting for their writing to work because they are not fit to be teachers. And every mm. now and then I would have a college professor who would just sort of be like, yeah, I want um, I want like final product. I want eight pages on your process from rough draft to final product, the, the process that you always use every single time, and I want it in two days. I was the kid who used to get in trouble because the teacher would be like, seriously, I said eight pages. I tear everything over eight pages off and I would turn in like a 14 page paper. I would have trouble stretching that paper out. That's this. That's this. This is oh. this is like gotcha. I'm going to double size the I'm going to double size the periods on this. Yep. I'm going to change the <laughs> spacing to uh, 1.5. I'm going to uh, I'm going to put double spaces between sentences. I'm going to yeah. put an extra line between paragraphs, but I'm going to make that extra line like a font size six. So the teacher's like it looks suspicious and they'd have to take out their ruler millimeter like a dick. Oh, the margins of this album are, uh, are, are very, very large. <laughs> Uh, but there's no content whatsoever. This is we've had those episodes we talked about, right? Like we'll have one now, and it'll be like, yes, this is like this has a slamming uh, Britney Spears song and InSync track that still slaps. Some good rock in there. Uh, this, you know, set the tone for the next two years. Yeah, and then we have the episode where it's like, oh, well, we blew our load, so now we have a crappy Britney B side. Um, a Backstreet Boys song with only... And then here's three songs by Joe Budden. Four of the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, a Baby Bash song. And uh, mm, fucking... Mm. Uh, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold uh, on. Before I can get, before I can forget. Um, I have to thank all of you so much for calling and writing. Um, thanks to you guys, the GoFundMe hit $15,000. It looks like Mike is going to get his new arm. Thank you guys so much for helping out with uh, the recovery after the baby bash. Yeah, It has been monumental how you guys have stood by us. And um, I'm seeing your guys' bumper stickers. You know, remember the baby bash. I do, guys. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Let's jump right into the Black Eyed Peas. Let's get it started. Let's get into it. Get started. Get started. Get started. Get started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Which is, you know, maybe when you have to completely redo your song because no one should sing it, and it's this isn't like a a fuck you or fuck you I don't want you back. Or uh, any of those songs that just have curse words like every third word. This is a song that had to be thrown out and redone because everyone except them knew, even in 2004, not okay. Let's offend everyone, ha! Let's offend you. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad, bro. It's bad. It's 
It is. It is okay. You know what? There's there's three that I put on a pedestal. There are literally three examples of this that I hold to a very high to a very like. Hey, look at this. This is what's called. This is fucking up. Okay. Number yeah. one is this. This is well. Th- they're actually in no specific order. These three songs. Um, their use of of the R word is just unforgivable. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand that that is the the societal uh, unfortunate colloquialism for it, where you know, in the in 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 their circle at the time, I get that, but no, no. Yeah, and we are we're still at the the dark ages of two thousand four, which is worth you know not excusing it, but like explaining it. Like we're still calling like the baseball team you don't like gay. Um, yeah, you know, we're not we're not great with our words at this point. We're still not, but we're we're getting better. Um, this was so much more common in 2004 than it was now. Um, so you yeah. can almost see how this mistake was made, but still mistake. Yeah, and here's a weird thing: not to like be that guy, but one of the things that's really fascinating about having been a teacher and watched the shifting tide of the high school psychological demographic shift. Um, one of the things I think is most interesting is I can't even imagine that you're like, yeah, 15 years ago, it was okay to call the other baseball team gay. I'm like, you know, know, right? You know what? You can't do that anymore, can you? You really, really fucking can't. But what's more fascinating about it is you said, you know, it's back when, but like, even I, like, so I, I specifically remember it's prom weekend and we're hanging out in the hotel room next to us and. Our friend is playing the original version of this album with the original version of the lyrics there. And um, we're all kind of like, ooh, they shouldn't have done this. And oh, I yeah. feel like we probably later that day called each other that word. Uh, <laughs> and like, yeah, it's, I believe almost, it. it's almost like um, my husband is a really smart guy and I'm about to, hey, I don't even, like literally... Come the fuck at me on this. I will fucking fight anybody. I'm not kidding. The Roseanne reboot is deeply problematic on several levels and it needs to be discussed. And I don't care if you're gay and you loved Roseanne once upon a time. I'm gay and I love my rights. And I'm not going to continue giving money to somebody who's going to help fund Donald Trump taking away rights from people just like me. Fuck yourself and your white cis privilege. But that's not what I'm getting at. What I am getting at, like, I'm not going to share any of those amazing Beyonce Coachella videos because Coachella is just Mm -hmm. another goddamn... A fucking money pit that's that that donates to conservative agenda and conservative causes. Yes. So Queen Bay, you did a beautiful job. I have read incredible accounts and I've seen photos, and I'm just not going to promote it. Thank you for giving us a show that like changed everybody's life. Evidently, Rihanna is a changed woman, and I think that's so cool. And um, I love watching two women get to respect each other in that way. It's so cool. But so uh, anyway, um, the my biggest thing. When anybody says to me that they can forgive the Roseanne thing, the 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 thing that hurts me the most is, as my husband brought up, and I don't know where he saw it on the internet. Um, it's called an, and like an exception house, where mm. no, no, my kid is special, my gay kid. I will love my gay kid till they uh, die. I mean, other gay people are faggots. If it's I like the like, uh, like, the the only moral abortion is my abortion kind of thing. Yeah, and um, I feel like. I feel like everybody, even if they used this word, knew it was wrong. And I feel like the Black Eyed Peas re-recording this song was a huge step for the awareness of pop music, that the power of words hurt. The other songs, by the way, that I always use as examples are J-Lo's use of the N-word in mm. I'm Real. I'm Real, yeah. That's, I'm sorry, you know better. Do you want to guess when, uh, so... Uh, I'm I'm in a post grad program doing sciencey kind of things, um, yeah. Kind of I I don't always talk about that. I try to try to keep it a little low key in case Taylor Swift fans try to dox us one day or something. <laughs> Just so you know that <laughs> they're violent, man. On Twitter, they're fucking animals. <laughs> I'm just going to order a pizza while we're doing this. I'm going to go downstairs and she's going to be like, sorry, the pizza man come, can't come to the phone because you're dead, bitch. And she's going to shoot me at the door. We're going to be walking outside. It's going to it's gonna look like the fucking Jack Ruby thing. Some some girl in a Taylor Swift shirt is going to be like, hey, Vasilo, bang. Uh, <laughs> uh, but you've definitely said what you're in, like verbatim. Yeah, I know. You have definitely 
Okay. So anyway, so okay. so um, in my in my genetic class, we have a professor who is like he's an old dude, like forty five years of um, you know working with genetics and intellectual disabilities. Like in some cases, he wrote the book on it. He's brilliant, but he's an old dude. And every now and then, um, when he means to say like intellectually disabled, he will say uh, you know mentally retarded that's for those young kids out there who just uh, think that's a yeah. slur um that was like the literal clinical definition up until nico do you want to guess what year the apa switched that over uh well i can say this growing up i grew up with a very catholic family my father was a huge member of the knights of columbus he was at the time of course unaware that for over 75 years the knights of columbus financially helped support the kkk mm. um and certainly had no intention of doing so so please know that he absolutely had no idea um <clears throat> he used to be a part of something and i think like seriously i think it might have been called the retarded children's mm. drive or something until like 2000 and like seriously it was called that at least until like 2000 because he was a part of it till then but i feel like it had to be like 2008 or 2009 it had to be a really late thing where they finally did something so about it the apa it. switched in 2013 um and oh my god obama i just i saw in um in research and said obama signed a bill in 2010 that replaced um intellectual disability into any any government use of that so yeah that's a long time um, so the Black Eyed Peas were still like, so we knew it was bad. It still took a long time for that to get, uh, to get recognized. And, um, yeah, like I said, like that, that dude, that was a phrase that was common for so long. And he's still, it's, you know, I think that's even less, that's more excusable than the whole, you know, people are like, oh, well, grandpa's racist. You know, well, your grandpa's still saying the N word. This is, this is like a little bit more excusable. I don't blame the very old man for slipping into the old word. Um, but yeah, no. So some, I think some people don't realize that that came from, um, like that was, um, that it was we- it was a weaponized word. Yeah, and um, in the UK, I think there's yeah. a big thing around the, the phrase "spastic" with that. Um, I remember Weird Al got into some trouble. Um, he used that in his word crime song, and people were like, "Did you know that? Like in the UK, like that's basically saying like hard R." And he was like, "Holy shit! No, I had no, I had no idea. I'm so sorry." And actually, uh, so. I need to just, I've already plugged it once. I'm going to plug it eight more times. If you do not get out there and you do not give Kimbra money for this record, you're nuts. Uh, I saw her do a live set before it came out. She gave everybody early copies of the record. I met her. It was such an incredible experience. Um, but uh, so get that. But, you know, one of our one of our pop goddesses in that vein is Robin. Mm-hmm. And... I think one of the best records I've ever heard in my life is Robin's self-titled. Um, and I think Handle Me, uh, Handle Me got me through some, 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 some real, <laughs> I need to sing my fucking feelings, yo, <laughs> kind of situations. Um, and I could never figure out what the hell they were bleeping. And funny enough, they were bleeping Nazi. Oh, huh. Oh, that makes some sense. Because in Europe, yep. it's not an okay term to use like that. Yeah. And so you're a selfish, narcissistic, psycho-freaking, bootlicking Nazi pimp, and you can't handle me. And I think that's... It's so funny, because like when I contextualize the Nico who sang that song angrily like seven, eight years ago, I'm like, oh my god, I don't even know that dude. Like... I oh god now now and again really blows my mind sometimes when I have to face the iterations of self that have all led to this guy when I look back and like the reverberating funhouse of mirrors and it's just eighteen thousand versions of myself who all were like this is the one and I'm whole and like that you know all the ones after are like oh that guy mm 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 um. God, I love this project with you. And that's why we can't do a single song. That's why, because we just talked about this song for 14 minutes. That's why we can't ever do our new format. Let's, let's, let's move. Oh, no, no. <laughs> well, I just want to say, um, if this song was separated from the context and it was just Let's Get It Started and that was ever released, this is a fine song. Like, the end. Like, it's a Black Eyed Peas song and the Black Eyed Peas at their best are songs that will continue to get played during timeouts at basketball games. Like, that is... I was gonna say halftime shows, bro! That's exactly right! Yeah, so, uh, this song is perfect for that, and you'll always hear this at a Knicks game. Uh, the end. Next. This is Lean Back, Fat Joe, Remy, a whole bunch of people, Terror Squad. Yeah, uh, I remember the chorus pretty well. Uh, Fat Joe's dead, right? 
Oh, AB's not fat anymore, right? No, Big Pun is dead. All right. Now it's like an ironic name. Right. Like calling a... Now he's just Joe. <laughs> he was reborn. Oh, so Fat Joe is dead, but reasonably sized Joe is alive. It's like I love to talk about Fat Nico like he's an unrelated person. Dude, it's... Right? Once I dip below 200. It's 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 insane yeah. seeing seeing old pictures. I've just, I've just inceptioned you now into all of... Into, in, it's been so long. Like, we can remember these songs, but... If I think about you in 2004, it's just, it's, 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 it doesn't exist. <laughs> R.I.P. Fat Joe, welcome to the planet. Uh, potentially healthy Joe. Um, but rest in peace, big pun. But then I think what's really sweet is... But yeah, because that means dead fat Joe. The spirit of fat Joe's dead fat. <laughs> now... That's how that's how you get a slimer when you when you lose one hundred pounds <laughs> when you when, <laughs> when you drop that much weight it becomes a sentient ghost being that eats hot dogs straight out of the cart. Uh, Goodies is a song in a long line of songs that, like, uh, it's uncomfortable how, like, baby talk is made sexy, but, like, the song is really, really good. It slaps pretty hard. Uh, Sierra, welcome to the program, and, wait, what? Is she? Have we had her before as, like, a featured spot that was just kind of forgettable? Welcome to the program. Your name is Sierra, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I can't say officially. I, uh... It's okay. We don't do research. I got nothing for goodies. I feel really badly, but I actually, um, so I appreciate that you said that you think that goodies is actually a good song and that it bangs, but like, I kind of think goodies is an all right song. I think goodies is an all right song. That's kind of forgettable. I think it's a song in a long line of songs that are just songs and long lines of songs. Unfortunately, I, um, I think Sierra is capable of better work, but I don't think this is it. it. I think, yeah. I think this is pretty middle of the road. I think this is pretty generic. So, yeah, through through the lens of now and again, um, everything gets distorted. Uh, it's like a kaleidoscope of quality. And I think this is... Every now seems to have, like, the one, like, sexy song. Um, and we've had worse. This one... And I guess I mean this is like a top five song on this whole compilation. This 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 now sucks. So um, it also might be getting some points in my brain from that. Yeah, um, like contextualizing it, contextualizing its superior mediocrity in a sea of forgettable mediocrity is a good way to give it points. You know, there's nothing like a. a a six in a room full of nothing making them look yeah, like a ten. Exactly. So. And that's how we survive on the Cage Club Network, too. Ayo! Uh, <laughs> I love you, Joey. Houston featuring Chingy, Nate Dog. I like that. Uh, I don't like this. The Beastie Boys. <laughs> Check it out. Not a great Beastie Boys song, uh, but are we going to get the opportunity, until we do the retro episodes, when will we get to talk about the Beastie Boys again and their impact and how great they were maybe before this? Like, uh, I feel like kind of the last last great Beastie Boys stuff um, was off of, uh, what album had, was that Hello Nasty that had Intergalactic and uh, and all those tracks? Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, actually, I love that oh. record. I love that record so much. Yeah. Oh, cover, cover. That's a great album. But I mean, a 20, 20 years of being some of the most influential artists in their genre um, is is pretty incredible. Um, especially considering the genre that those three Jewish white boys from Brooklyn are in. Well, and that's actually what I was gonna say. They, I'm, I'm gonna say something that's like really hypercritical. But I don't believe the Beastie Boys have 
very good rapping voices at all. I think they sound um, shrill, and I think they sound um, physically uncomfortable. I don't <laughs> like, disagree. I, I don't think they... And I think they still manage to make some of the most important music. And I think they manage to create and excite and engage. Um, you know, I... Do I think this is sabotage? No. no. But do I think this is okay? I, I, you know, I do think it's really funny because um, it's to check it out. And it just makes me want to go, whatcha, whatcha, whatcha want? Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, it's... It's a hundred percent. It's a good time because the Beastie Boys are always a good time. Just taking a look at it from an academic standpoint, the Beastie Boys um, gave credibility to white people in hip hop uh, in a very, in a very, um, you know, if you want to know how to be a part of a scene you're not a part of without being appropriative, be the fucking Beastie Boys. Yeah. The Beastie Boys never once, for one moment, implied their hip hop was a realer hip hop. Their hip hop was was superior in any way. The Beastie Boys made what they made, taking. Um, uh, like taking their cues from the masters of their genre and that's what respect is you know what I mean mm -hmm. you earn respect and the Beastie Boys really the Beastie Boys early music is shit I'm really sorry um, Fight for Your Right to Party is really catchy it's a lot of fun it's a bad song it's a great song that is a bad song you know what I mean like it, it's not art it's art <laughs> it's art but it's not like art you know what i mean like it's exactly what it I, should be it's exactly what it should be some things are okay to be fun that is just okay to be fun and this is our chance to tell those guys those phenomenally talented guys hey um you know you guys fought your way from being punk ass bitches on mtv bitching about porno mags to being forefathers of of positive inclusion in a genre and you guys are great thank you so much uh here's some now and again money mm-hmm uh nico you said you wanted to kind of uh take the next couple of tracks as one because i've got kind of like how you had nothing before i got nothing for these so uh um, do you want to take yeah nelly's my place little flip uh, Sunshine, Jaquan's You and Me, and Jadakiss Y featuring uh, Anthony Hamilton. Is that the guy from the play? <laughs> Anthony Hamilton. No. So um, here's the thing about this. Here's the thing about these four songs. I affectionately am referring to this as the house that Kanye and Pharrell built. There is nothing here that sounds like something new. There is nothing here that sounds like something engaging. Everything here sounds a little bit like something else. As a matter of fact, and uh, get your drinks out, motherfuckers, because mm -hmm. I'm about to get y'all crunk. Um, Sunshine features some riffs that sound an incredible amount like a... Janet Jackson song produced and co-written by Kanye released right around this time um, uh, Island Life uh, so it's even Sunshine Island Life they kind of sound alike um, it is really interesting that we spent the first few nows being like wow this is so front loaded with white pop this is so front loaded with white pop here's a handful of songs that are meant to attract an urban demographic oh and look at all this rock at the tail end mm -hmm. and now i would say the first uh 10 11 songs are a good solid block of of, of hip-hop dance r&b and um what we have now entered is the way there was so much filler white pop that sounded garishly out of place in its narrative because it it didn't fit the better pop that we knew we're now getting subpar hip-hop mixed in with really good hip-hop and it's standing out more as a block of inferior this or that yeah. the way it was a block of inferior pop in the first ones a block of inferior rock in all of them uh the block of inferior rock really is a consistent thing because oh, they yeah. are always trying to find two songs that appeal to a harder edge group you know the dad songs as we like to call them so what you get here is you get a bunch of cheap versions of songs that um sounded better by other artists so you're getting the knockoff version you can't get you know not that that's what this is but you can't get don't you by the pussycat dolls so you get 
Can't you by the doggy cat girls? And it's God, I hate myself. So it's the doggy cat girl. Fuck! Why would I say it out loud again? So um, these songs: locked up Akon, locked up Akon, locked up Akon, locked up Akon. Yeah, so goodbye those songs. Hello, Akon. Welcome to the program. Locked up. This is the song that broke him for a minute, and then he just kind of... He, like, he came out of the gate at like a 10, and then he's just kind of been a... Coasting around at a four or five for the last fifteen years, kind of. Like what? What is what is the Akon song? Uh, it's this. I can think of a bunch of songs that oh, he's Mr. on. Oh, Mr. Lonely. But Mr. like, Lonely. I can't think of an Akon song. Mr. Okay. Lonely. Yeah. yeah. That, that horrible Mr. Lonely. That song. And this. So at the time, I think what they were trying to do with Akon was they were trying to give him a some more credibility. In a genre where credibility is um, kind of a selling point, you have Jay Z, who oh, had come from a background of selling drugs. You'd have smack that. Oh yeah, that's that's a, yeah 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 true. Uh, and you had Fifty Cent coming out around this time, who had been who's half bullet at this point. <laughs> um, he so, actually is cyborg from the Teen Titans, <laughs> grown up. So they tried to say with Akon here, like, oh, this was his life. He served a bunch of time in prison. Uh, for stealing cars, he did not do that. Uh, he was never convicted and never served any time in prison. Um, so that kind of, I think, wait a minute, wait a minute. Some of that credibility. Does that make Akon a million little bullets? Oh, <laughs> I get that, and I like it. But I hate that I like it, and I hate that we're the only people who are going to get it. <laughs> hey, you know what? If I have to. I have to get I have to get my laughs in where I can get them. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, but yeah, so uh, he also pulled an R. Kelly. Uh, not exactly, but he uh, he pulled someone. He was doing this thing where he, he pulled, has girls trapped on a bus. <laughs> well, he would do this thing where he'd pull people up from the audience and do like sexy stuff with them. Um, and at a twenty-one and over like venue, uh, he pulled someone up who happened to have gotten in at fifteen. Um, and he got in a bit of trouble from that. So I feel like he just, like, he came out of the gate strong, and then a variety of things just kind of, he's just, you know, by icon. Um, you could be on other people's songs now, I guess. Like, we'll see him again on Lady Gaga songs and Gwen Stefani songs. Like, he's going to kind of make a career as featuring Akon. Hey, and that's great, because, you know, Ja Rule could not make that happen in America. N- nor could Fred Durst. True. You know, a l- a lot of people who – there's this horrible notion that dominance and or superiority or strength or masculinity or something is determined by some sort of physical factor, that it's determined by by having been shot in the face the most times or having seen the most fucked up shit. But like people who are like, I've seen the most fucked up shit, that makes me so hard. Actually, it kind of puts you at a higher risk of PTSD. Yeah. And uh, people who believe, like, they are alpha elite dominant the best for any one particular physical reason, they're so tall or they're brilliant or whatever. If you literally believe that that is all you have that constructs your narrative of strength, that, that, is, that expresses you as a dominant creature, if what you have that gives you that boils down to one thing, you're actually incredibly weak. And... When you try and create a character and a narrative based on on that, you know what I mean? Whether it's this guy is so tall, so he's going to be so great at basketball, or this guy's so jacked, he's going to be the biggest thing in football, or whatever, you know, for sports, mm. just to, to go somewhere that isn't music for a second. Yeah. Um, and you come up with this guy, or, you know, like when a, an actor comes out and he's just so beautiful and he's mysterious, like... Um, why can't I think of an actor who, like Andrew Garfield, he was like the it boy and then everybody quickly got over him all at once. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And I blame that terrible Spider-Man movie. Oh, 100%. But that I just... I was only creating that comparison for the flash in the pan argument that, you know, anybody can come and go really quickly. Uh, but my point is they tried to create a narrative about Akon being this hard-ass motherfucker based on his past. Your past can't be the only thing that makes you a badass. Your present needs to make you a badass. You need right. to have an air of respect about you. You need to have something that makes you special. If you need to keep whining to me that you're so great, if you need to keep telling me what an amazing, awesome superstar you are, you're not. And that is the thing that all of these manufactured personas missed. They were so busy telling you how big their dicks were, they forgot to know how to use them mm -hmm. see uh, it's the authenticity issue yeah it rendered them impotent despite you know akon really did go to jail no matter how short it was no matter that it was like eight days for helping his brother steal a car he yeah. went to jail he could have talked about a criminal past growing up in a seedy dark complex element and having trouble but instead it's this need to posture and be the most grand thing possible it's this it's this need for innate exaggeration that makes okay if you keep raising the bar the bar will one day be too high you are starting at a 10 figure out how to get to 11 yeah yeah there's nowhere to go but down essentially yeah so speaking of okay. nowhere to go but down um well jojo baby it's you got us put on the list again I like this JoJo song. I have to feel bad about myself, and I I need to, it's that scene from Sweeney Todd. I'm Judge Turpin throwing myself on the floor, screaming, "Deliver me!" Uh, cute guys who get sure. that reference and would like to help me recreate Sweeney Todd in my bedroom. Just shoot me an email after the show. Uh, uh, you're gonna murder them and make them into a pie? No, they're gonna play Antony, and I'm gonna oh. play Sweeney. Oh, okay. I must be thinking of a different part of that. Right. See, what you're thinking of is the fact that Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney make their enemies into meat pies. Wait, what's your rush? What's your hurry? You gave me such a fright. I thought you was a ghost. Half a minute. Can't you sit? Such a, I can do the whole show from beginning to end. Now, you're, of course, you're, of course, referring to that the Johnny Depp movie that they later turned into a play. Yes. Um, right after they did that, I turned my asshole inside out and blinked myself out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Williams sneaks back onto our show uh, in a way that we didn't expect via Jessica Simpson's cover again of Angels. I, I, Nico, I wanted to, I said that about Sweeney Todd to get you really like riled up, like to get you to do some cardio before the heavy lifting. Uh, go, go, be free, let it all out. Thirty-two, and I make uh, I make art about being positive and inclusive, and my job is to tell everybody that they can be a hero, and that they are beautiful and they are amazing, and they might not be smart at math, but maybe they're incredible at this other thing that somebody else can't be good at. And this is my job. My job is to tell other people that no matter where it is inside of them, there is something beautiful and there is something worth preserving and there is something worth respecting. There is literally nothing about any of... No, none of those things are in this song. None of those things are in this song. There is nothing <laughs> worth respecting. There is nothing beautiful. This is a ham-handed cover by a person who creatively had very little to say. Um, it... It's down to a really false performance. Um, it's all it's it's a very nasal projected performance. It's very much like that Fergie national anthem where she was using um, affectation to cover a lack of technique. That's kind of what we're yeah. getting here. Mm -hmm. We're just getting screaming to have a performance. I'm not connecting with her performance here. It is that really strained sound. Um, one of the things about the Robbie Williams version of this song, which isn't even the best or anything, um, 
there's something so honest about how frequently it almost sounds like he's speaking it. He, you know, he, it's almost like <sighs> he's laying in bed yeah. holding his head and he's uh, and he's like and he's experiencing it. But for her, this is a cover. Uh, it, it just does not feel like her performance of this song says enough that it warrants the time. And in a world where we're discussing and vying for the the, the uh, importance of inclusivity in art, why are we giving this little white girl the platform to cover a barely five-year-old song? This is just an exceptional yeah, waste no, of money, and it serves no purpose. Uh, it's not even good art. It's just the pretty white no, girl. No one should have had to... People paid for this song, and, like, that's... That's not okay. Like, this is something you can hear an equal, if not better, version of at uh, a fucking karaoke night in a city. Like, this... It's it's not okay that we were selling this version of Jessica Simpson. Even if her original song sucked, which they mostly do, at least you are selling something unique. Like, you can't get anywhere else. This... There, everything she's done recently is just... It's like a photocopy of a photocopy and it looks wrong and it sounds wrong and it's bad yeah it's really frustrating it's honestly frustrating because you know um i don't know i feel like i i feel like it's so hard to make art i feel like it's a struggle for people to get their voice heard and especially voices that are trying to say something different and something new and something creative <clears throat> she is saying none of those things. <laughs> this is so not a redeeming factor in this song. It's reductive. It's 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 so reductive. I wish it was redacted. It's pointless. <laughs> I'm I'm actually this makes me and I feel so fucking. I feel helpless. I feel helpless sometimes that I'm in a world that I can only change by the power of the volume of my voice. And thank God I have the loudest fucking voice on earth. But all I want to do is create a world where people feel like, and like, it's the funniest story. So when I'm in, I'm in, I'm in college and I'm still angry at the world and I'm, I'm still pissing on everything. So it knows how loud and angry I am. And I was, you know, I was basically nineties lesbian rock well into the aughts. And I, right at this time, yeah, yeah. And I, I made some comment about really hating this piece of writing we were reading, um, in class, and I, I called it flowery. And this, this, it was, a, it was a, it was a, a workshop class, and I called it flowery. And this young yeah. woman burst into hysterical tears because she felt the oh. writing looked like hers and somebody would call this flowery is like insulting and and it made her feel like she couldn't write and the teacher had to like take her outside and talk her up for a few minutes and when she came back in she talked down to me about using mean-spirited words like flowery to describe other people's art and um i'm trying to find a nice way to say this if you can't handle a descriptive a adjective like flowery in a workshop you will be eaten alive by the first publisher you meet. I am not saying I have any right to cause you pain because of that, but, oh God, that does set up the discussion for much greater things. Um, mm. But uh, I bring this up because I I try to live a life where I don't make people feel bad about shit, you know, unless they want yeah. it. <laughs> unless you're like, hey, humiliate me. And then I'm like, great, let's talk about your flaws. I'm, I could do this all day. Um, but... I don't mean to make it sound like if who you want to be, if what you want to do with your life is pay tribute to the people who have inspired you with the gift you've been given, right? If you're a young Jessica Simpson, and I really mean this, I'm going to make up a person and, you know, a girlfriend for Preston. So her name is Charlotte, but she goes by Charlie because that's actually okay. a really cool thing. When girls go by Charlie, that's always hot. That brings out the pansexual in me. Yeah, right? <clears throat> so, um... Charlie has a, a voice and she loves to sing and she's in the chorus at school and all she wants to do is record covers. She thinks of herself as a millennial Linda Ronstadt and um oh god <laughs> I okay. needed a minute after I said that man so uh, it just hurt 
<laughs> like a delayed pain. <laughs> it's referred pain. It's actually a toothache. Yeah. So, yeah. um... It's a she, fucking uh, kidney stone that you feel in your stomach. Oh, God. Okay, oh go God. on. Go on. It's like when you accidentally ball tap yourself so hard you feel it in your back. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I don't mean to make Charlie feel like she can't be the millennial Linda Ronstadt, uh... Sound clouding herself nonstop trap covers of all of her favorite 90s rap rock. Um, oh, she, ha- uh, she has this amazing trap trying to keep it together uh, here. house inspired cover of Crawling by Linkin Park. Um, <laughs> it's so good. And she actually kind of like whispers the whole thing. It's like a lot of like crawling in my skin. It's really good. Um, <laughs> if she could just get into one trailer, it would change her life. <laughs> Did you say if she would just drive into a warm trailer, it would change her <laughs> life? That too. But I'm saying that's the kind of those are the kind of songs that end up in all the movie trailers these days. Oh yes. Oh my god. And it's like, and it's about like her younger brother being abducted by her boyfriend's controlling mother, who it turns out is her boyfriend's sister. Anyway. Um, is that the movie or her life? It's actually based on a true story. Both. So I don't want Charlie to feel like I don't think her voice deserves to be heard. My argument is that the people who were deciding how the money is going to be spent decided that it was more important to continue making art that served no functional purpose than it was to... <sighs> do something new and progressive. You know, Janelle Monet just came out, right? Janelle yeah. Monet just came out as bisexual. Uh, she is supposedly in a relationship with Tessa Thompson, which she won't discuss. Um, and as I posted on Facebook, welcome to the club. Here's your membership card. You get to start off at our coolest level, which was already called Monet Ultra Plat. <laughs> and Janelle Monet has been making engaging, exciting, brilliant, different music setting the trail for for incredible artists to follow by doing the daring things first for like 10, 15 years now. Mm-hmm. But Jessica Simpson's every third whim and also her discarded fucking floss gets its own music video. And it it just hits that point at... Why does Jessica Simpson's discarded trash get a music video? You mean Ashley Simpson's Pieces of Me? Because essentially that happened, this Ashley Simpson thing happened because Jessica Simpson had a successful reality show. And then they were like, well, can we do this again with Jessica Simpson, who looks slightly more like a fraggle? And the answer was very briefly, yes. Ask me my favorite thing in the entire world. What's your favorite thing in the entire world? Jessica Simpson's first record did okay. Ashley Simpson's first record opened at number one. Oh wow! Okay, so uh, let's right, let's let's lay some let's lay some groundwork here. Hold wait, on, wait. It gets better. I'm gonna, it gets I'm gonna set a rule here. We we will come back All to right. Ashley Simpson on this show, and we will not have enough to say. We will not. We're gonna talk about the rise of Ashley Simpson here. I think I called her Jessica. Uh, we're gonna talk about the rise of Ashley Simpson here. Next time we'll talk about the very hilarious fall. Okay, so let's not go into any of the SNL Orange Bowl stuff right now. That is literally my all-time favorite yeah. video. We will we yeah. will do that the second time. For now, let's just talk about the fact that they took Ashley Simpson, dyed her hair black so that she was slightly different from Jessica, um, also smashed her with uh, another pop star, but like one who like kind of lightly played acoustic guitar, which is kind of like what she did. We've talked about this song right, like 30, 30 times. Yeah. We've talked about this song like 10 or 12 times already on the show when it was Hillary Duff, uh, when it was any number of just kind of like girls with a backing band doing light acoustic, slightly up-tempo rock. Um, this one's, this a, it's, and every time I think that song is fine, but hearing them back to back over the course of however many episodes we've done, I'm getting pretty sick of this song. All right, I'm gonna actually. Um, I have. I have to say one thing about this song, though, in the first place. 
Uh, I respect how you feel, but I do think Ashley Simpson had a hit. It's going to sound so strange. I think dollar for dollar, pound for pound, Ashley Simpson had a more successful music career than Jessica. Yes, but you got to remember that eventually she's going to start doing some weirder stuff. And that is what's going to separate her. And that stuff's going to be pretty successful, too. Yeah, I mean, um, that's... That comes even post, like, the bad shit that happens to her. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's really funny um, for me about about these two women in particular. Uh, they were marked... They both had reality shows. Yeah. They both had pop careers. They both married members of bands, right? Because just, Ashley Simpson marries Pete Wentz. Um, and they have a kid named named Mowgli or something. Yeah, they like Brooklyn and Mowgli. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Ashley Simpson is still a bazillionaire based oh, on like her sure. fashion line and her perfume. I'm sure. And, you know, there's 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 this there's this thing that if a woman's fashion line is going to be owned by 17 men in suits or by Ashley Simpson, what would I prefer? I'm going to prefer the woman CEO to a board of men telling women what they should appreciate. Sure. Like I said earlier this show, there's I absolutely put on a show performance when we record this podcast. I can't help it. It's subconscious. I'm a person who's always needed attention. I really like attention. I like being the loudest, most special person in the room. And I think... So, anyway, point of my yeah, story is that Ashley Simpson... Ashley Simpson comes off like a big dumb idiot but ashley simpson has managed to be a multi-millionaire for like seriously at this point 15 years i never really thought that was her shtick i thought that was like jessica's uh domain she i thought ashley was exactly like i'm like the like the, the more edgy rocky one with like some emotions like that was her but at at the same time, they're all edited to be naive, silly young oh, sure. women okay. who make wah, mm-hmm. wah, you know what I mean? Like, and it, it was still because I can remember it because um, in two thousand, whenever this was, I was all about the guys with guitars. I was trying to be one of them, and Ryan Cabrera was like a poor man's Howie Day. That's the perfect uh, description of him. And I vaguely remember him being very. Like their relationship being very oh look how kittenish she becomes around him, he's an old family friend crashing on the couch in L.A. between gigs and you know it it tries to create this normalization of a fascinating world in a way that 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 people can appreciate like it's organic even though it's not. Um, I guess I don't have so much to say about this song. I have more to say about the idea of the the um, manufacturing and industrialization of young white women as as morons to allow them to have corporate CEO positions. Why do we only reward women who act dumb? We are much less ready as a culture to reward aggressive, intelligent women. And when we do, we imply that we're afraid of them. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't know who I'm more afraid of in bed, Beyonce or Jay-Z, but I... You know what I mean? Like, But I do think there is something about the fact that Ashley Simpson was trotted out as as a commodity. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Let's double back. We skipped something to, to do a Simpson double feature. But, uh, Nico, uh, Fuck, Mary Kill, One Thing by Finger Eleven, Switchfoot, Dairy to Move, and Crossfade Cold. Kill, Crossfade, Cold. Agreed. Uh, I would probably marry... Um, dare you to move because it sounds like he would always try and keep my heart up yeah they've also got that like christian rock thing and i feel like they wouldn't just fuck and i feel like um one thing can be sex you know you shouldn't be having and i really love dirty public sex that i'm gonna regret later (laughs) on and i feel like i could have really good oh my god why did i let him talk me into this (laughs) sex to 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 I really couldn't. No one ever talks me into anything. It's tr- it's awful. <laughs> you can't make me do anything. I don't want to do. I'm the most horribly stubborn person in the world. But you know what I'm saying. Yep. I uh, I for almost the same reason. This is why we're friends. We would fuck, marry, and kill the same 
three songs. <laughs> Franz Ferdinand, take me out. Like, I, I want to unpack this song in terms of a cultural phenomena. This I think this was... song is better today than it was then, honestly. I don't understand why, though. Like, I I like listening to this song more I, in 2018. I do, I do, I do. I can tell you. Do you want to yeah, know why? Yes. Do you want to know why? Because it's not one of a zillion. It's not... Yeah. This was part of, this was part of a cultural obsession with... Um, the strokes, weird, the hives, possibly... the, yeah. the, the vines, um, white stripes. Modest mouse. If mouse, the guy, sure. if the guy sounds like he might be European, and also he sings like an asshole, yep. and also somebody in the band is drinking a chai latte while playing an old timey keyboard, he has to wind up. <laughs> that is this yeah. genre of music, and, yep. and you know they're called the Darjeeling Darlings, and they <laughs> oh, man, are they are super successful, and um, all of their songs are stuff like. Mm, um, my mom ate a wolf, and um, opal oops opulence, and you know they all kind of go like, and then you know some kind of keyboard comes in and it goes like. It's a genre where for some reason the hi hat is the loudest mixed drum, and the vocals are always purposely mixed under audible. Yeah. <laughs> um, you appreciate the song now because you can see how it inf- like uh, elements of this genre of music actually did get incorporated into other genres of music as well. I think we saw elements from um, Franz Ferdinand and the Hives and the Vines, etc. And early the Killers for sure. Yeah, oh, for um, sure. Help things like Dance, DNCE, the the mm. Joe Jonas Band. Um, I don't think you could have Cake by the Ocean if you didn't have Take Me Out. And while perhaps you don't love Joe Jonas's music, the idea that pop music has been pushed to a place where it's been homogenized with digital retro dance rock is at least a good step for pop music because pop music does need to continue to evolve. We maybe can't control its direction, but seeing how this song has gone on to affect music now gives us a better appreciation for it retroactively. Mm. Yeah, I think we even see some of this come up. Like, I think artists took this I guess you'd call it like early, early indie, um, post, post, I don't even know what early you really call Early beep rock? This. Yeah, I, I feel like beep even you didn't see some of this rock. in like, um, Santa Gold's early albums doing like songs Hell like LES yeah. Artists. Yeah, like just improved on that kind of format in a lot of ways. Um, the Bravery is an honest mistake. I feel like that's another song in this genre that I absolutely love, but I don't really want this genre. So like, like this, this is a genre oh. that I'll take a compilation of. And like be done. With yeah. It. Like give, give me the tw- give like, me the now. Love- that's what I call uh, whiny faux British guys. Um, that song I forget who does it. Dakota though, I love that song. Uh, it goes in the same category. Make me feel like the one. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I love this genre. This the genre is like it's uh, it's like Guster's Satellite. This genre is songs you want to listen to when you're feeling a little drunk because you're not exactly sure what's going on and you're oh, yeah. in the mood to get into some trouble and you're having a good... Wow, all of my like emotional go-tos are somehow self-destructive. That's really interesting. I'm like, yeah, you're going to get in trouble. And I'm like, yeah, sex you shouldn't be having. Anything that brings me joy, I'm automatically like, isn't it dirty? That is a really weird thing to realize <laughs> mid-podcast. Next thing. They're the, they're the songs you pick in Rock Band after like your five or six like go-to songs have been used up <laughs> yes, yes uh bowling for soup 1985 which you you told me last episode we already covered but we didn't <laughs> because this song is so identical yes it's the exact same <laughs> song Madonna, way before Nirvana, there was Hey, remember the 80s? Uh, this is the Ready Player One of Bowling Soup for Soup songs. 
<laughs> no, no, no. I like bowling soup. <laughs> I like bowling soup. Uh, um, but yeah. I don't know. This song's this not is... good. It's fun. They do some. Uh, they they make some references that I remembered. I know who Madonna is. Uh, I love I lists actually, of things so, that I remember. Um, I yeah no I mean completely I love BuzzFeed so <laughs> I I think the problem with this song is uh okay so I have this student right and he's a great kid uh, his name is Brandon he has like wild seventies kid hair. Okay. And he's always coming in in like either like Breaking Bad or Zeppelin shirts, and okay. this kid is absolutely a badass '70s motherfucker. I love this kid. He is, he's basically Hyde from uh, <laughs> the that '70s show, but now and cool and socially aware. Mm. Um, and I had to explain to him that uh, in the '90s, Puff Daddy sampled "Come with Me." I uh, sampled "Cashmere." Cashmere come, "Come with Me." me. Yeah. For the um, Godzilla soundtrack. And he was like, who's Puff Daddy? Fair. Fair question for a youngster. And I was like, I was like, I was like, Sean Combs. And he was like, who? And I was like, the, oh, The guy who invented me. Ciroc Vodka. P. Diddy. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that's stupid. Why would he do that? And I'm like, I know. I played that. I played a clip of P. Diddy rapping over cashmere for him mm-hmm. and he was like oh my god why would he do this like some things are like no man like i remember the first time i heard cashmere like and i had to be very <sighs> mm. i was born 10 years after cashmere came out yeah you were born 15 years after i came out <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. like so there's this sort of sense of like no, Bowling for Soup could not unless Bowling for Soup at the time this song came out were well into their 40s they could not genuinely romanticize 1985 in this way Uh, I think mm, it's an interesting question that's a really good question uh, yeah. well I mean they can't natively romance because she's still preoccupied with 1985 which makes it sound like the young woman that or old woman in this instance that they're interested in is stuck in the 80s best, so she had to be a teenager in the 80s so and at best they're probably like 10 in 1985 right? so That's my math uh, but then it's like my math it's still weird it's still kind of like a stunted awkward song oh yeah i mean uh just it's like i said it's it's ready player one if you remember the 80s. Uh, the video, too. He's doing George Michael, and they're doing the White Snake video. Uh, Addicted to Love video. They're just, they're just doing all the greatest hits. It's it's not for me. Pass. Um, what's next? Uh, so we're at the end. Uh, real quick, we'll, we'll just jump ahead um, to the closer. Keith Urban's Days Go By. We are going to have a lot of time to talk about <laughs> this artist and a lot of the similar ones. I think he's probably the best of a lot of these boring ass um country Kenny Chesney uh, uh Dale Earnhardt Jr. You I don't know, kind of guys uh yeah I know uh oh, okay. cuz I want to get rid of this one and I have some things I have some words for the other one um so yeah like we'll talk about Keith Urban a lot or probably not we'll probably do this a bunch down the line but he'll be coming back um Gretchen Wilson we talked about last episode right um that was with Redneck Woman and we kind of breezed through it um Kind of the same thing we're talking about, honestly, with Akon, in, in a way, comes up with that, what is authenticity? Um, and but before before I I, um, I bring to the table what I, I worked on over the last um, couple of weeks, uh, do you have anything to say about Gretchen Wilson at all? And when I put it on, uh, the first thing I said as it started was, well, I'm a country chick and a rock. And then the lyrics that opened up the song are basically like, I'm a badass chick. And I had to be like, oh, he shakes my head. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, that's all I got. She, she got big on redneck woman. And then like, I looked, I looked her up and she made like 15 songs that were just variations of that. Um, so that got me thinking. Um, I mean, we remember 2004 when you could say, uh, you know, hard R's and, and make a song about it and get away with it. And um, some other things that were big in 2004, inexplicably, uh, were redneck comedy. Remember the, the blue-collar comedy tour? Remember how much people loved that? 
and Larry the Cable yeah, Guy. Yeah, that 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 was a thing I could never understand. Yeah, sure, but that's because we we weren't living it. We were elitist, snobby, college-educated liberals. Man, we didn't get it. Okay, but oops, I've always loved personally. I've just I've always felt drawn to that. Um, and so, even though I'm, I'm you know I'm not capable of being like Larry the Cable Guy and being a college-educated person who puts on flannel and an accent and pretends to be this character to fleece idiots out of money. Um, but I still worked on some blue-collar comedy. Um, I just need to get out of my system, you know? I, I've i always loved Jeff Foxworthy and his you-might-be-a-redneck sketch, you know? I'm so, so I, glad if, you have your five minutes ready for me right now. If you don't mind, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my tight five of um, blue-collar comedy, influenced by Gretchen Wilson. Is that okay with you? Yeah, man, I'll tell you my tight five uh, off the record sometime because it's a really weird story about almost being abducted and raped as a child. You oh, go first. You've definitely <laughs> set this up the correct way. Um, so this is this is actually com- <laughs> completely inspired by Gretchen Wilson's Redneck Woman. Um, and some of these are actually lyrics from Gretchen Wilson songs and others are not. And uh, you can figure out which might be which. Okay, so this is... I'm getting a little nervous here. It's like an, an open mic night. Whew, okay, here we go. This is my my uh, my sketch. So, uh, like I said, some of these are just straight up lyrics from her. Some of them are, you know, my own contributions to what could be Gretchen Wilson lyrics. If you would rather drink beer all night in a tavern or a honky tonk, you might be a redneck woman. If you know the words to every Charlie Daniels song, you might be a redneck woman. If you've ever applied eyeshadow in the rearview mirror of your Ford F one fifty. You might be a redneck woman. If you stand barefooted in your own front yard with a baby on your hip, you might be a redneck woman. If you've ever logged onto Twitter to scream at victims of a high school shooting, you might be a redneck woman. If you think Victoria's Secret stuff is real nice but can buy the same damn thing at Walmart for half the price, you might be a redneck woman. If you ever went to Golden Corral and ordered the Skinny Girl chocolate fountain, you might be a redneck woman. If you ain't afraid to eat fried chicken and dirty dance to Merle, you might be a redneck woman. If you ever thought to yourself, boy, that snack Jeff Sessions must have been able to get it back in the day, you might be a redneck yeah. woman. Uh, if you ever, de- if you, <laughs> I'm so sorry, if you ever demanded your husband pull over the ATV to get directions, you might be a redneck woman. If you only like Taylor Swift before she put out what you refer to as her black music, you might be a redneck woman. That's a direct quote for sure. If you... If you're for the Bible and the flag and the working man, but can't get no respect because you're politically incorrect, you might be a redneck woman. If you ever shared an article on Facebook from the Daily Caller about Hillary Clinton's emails and then got into a posting war with your niece who goes to, Virgi- uh, to Virginia Tech, <sighs> might be a redneck woman. If you ever caught your husband, who you married at 19, honking off to a poster of Danica Patrick in his man cave, you oh might be a God. redneck woman. Oh, last one, I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, if you can't afford your diabetes medication but still vote Republican... Because one time you thought you saw a Muslim, but it turned out just to be Miguel, the guy who drives the delivery truck for the mattress store. You might be a redneck <laughs> woman. Thank you. And that, that's, that's, my, that's my Jeff Foxworthy, uh, what's this woman's name? Gretchen Wilson-inspired um, blue-collar comedy. And I just thank you for letting me do that. Um, it's, it's just been a dream of mine to do some blue-collar stand-up. Um, and I just really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for, for being there for me, Nico. I feel changed. I feel like I learned a lot and um, thank you for teaching me. Yeah, Building Vol, call me. I'll open for you on your next tour. I know you're like the other guy in that redneck comedy troupe, but like, you know, I think that's the level I could hit opening for you. I think he's ready. Yeah. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I think that's, that's a fitting closer to this now. Um, Oh, it sure was. Yeah. And to Gretchen Wilson, hopefully, forever. Um, Nico, where can people find you? You guys can find me at Nico Vasillo, N-I-C-O-V-A-S-I-L-O, on Instagram. Or you can find me over at KidRiotComics.com. Awesome. And so that's the end of Now 17. We still have a whole another episode to come out this month. Um, and 
Nico, how would you feel about doing an episode on cover songs, considering we've certainly been through the ringer on that, and a very, very popular and very, very definitely not terrible uh, cover song by Taylor Swift recently just dropped, and I think we could uh, we should talk about these things. How's that sound to you? Sounds great, brother. Yeah, so you can find us and a whole lot more at cageclub.me. I'm at Chris Podcasts on Twitter. Right into the mailbag, now and again cast at gmail.com, because this summer we're going to be doing some out-of-the-box episodes, and uh, a mailbag might be in the works. So write in with a question about whatever you want, and we will talk about it for so long. And if you like the show, if you like the show, leave a review on iTunes. That'd be the best way for the show to spread, like the little virus it is. We'll catch you on the flip side.